0: Hello everyone! and welcome to another episode of medic diaries my name is dr yvonne maudor and i'm so glad you're able to join us for this new episode yes guys i've been away for a while and i have even sent an apology well life gets in the way and we're back now so yay um in case you're not aware of what this podcast is all about medic diaries is a podcast which basically deals with medical issues that we face and how we can tackle them in the best possible way. So in today's episode, we're gonna continue with our series of the COVID-19 vaccine. Yes guys, we are in our new normal and people are getting vaccinated, but there are still some misconceptions and misinformation which are lingering around. My goal today is to educate you more with my fellow guests on the podcast today for us to be able to debunk some of these misconceptions about the COVID-19 vaccine and see how we can move forward, right? Okay, let's jump right in, shall we? All right, everyone. So my guest today is called Dr. Amansky. Hi, doc. Hello. I'm so glad you were able to join me for this episode today uh, I'm quite excited about what we're going to talk about um, before we really jump into anything else maybe we could just start with an introduction
1: um, well I'll start with my name so yeah. my name is um, I'm dr Emmanuel Mancra, mm-hmm. also known as Dr manski okay yeah I think most of my social media handles and then social media engagements I use dr Mansky
0: yeah um, I I'm a medical media personality. I,
1: yeah, I usually do all these um, education and and you know, touch on topics concerning health. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I also release videos as and when I can. Mm-hmm. to my schedule, sometimes I'm able to release as frequently as I would like to. True. And aside from that, I still do clinical work as well. I'm a medical officer at my Hospital. Um, okay. There, I'm the acting head of the medical department as well as the clinical lead at the COVID treatment center there. Okay. And aside from that, I'm also the medical director for Verify Health Ghana. Mm-hmm. It's a company that champions sexual health mm-hmm. amongst the young, the youth, those so are the young people.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So that's a that's a little thing that I do.
0: Oh, little! <laughs> wow. <laughs> humble are we? We're being humble here, okay? Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, the reason why we're talking on this episode is basically about the COVID vaccine. As you all know, um, my previous episodes were about the vaccine and the types that are available and whatnot. That was with Dr. Labram. However, we want to now just talk about, fine, you have the vaccine or you managed to get the vaccine. What's next? You know? So, Doc, um, I'm going to shift the focus to you now. What is your quote-unquote layman understanding of what a vaccine is for my audience? Okay, so my layman explanation for what a vaccine is, I would say, so a vaccine
1: is, this is how it works. The vaccine tries to trick the body Mm -hmm. into producing antibodies, so that when eventually you do come into contact with that particular disease the body would already be prepared to fight against it so that it either prevents you from totally getting it or prevents you from getting any severe um, complications or severe forms of the disease and um, vaccines have been with us for many years i think the first the first time a vaccine ever came about was in the 18 the 18th century yeah when Dr. Edward Jenner, he realized that people were infected with smallpox. It was killing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But people who had cowpox were not getting smallpox. And cowpox was a very mild case, never kills anyone. So he, he, he came into thinking why, what, what is going on? Then he realized that so when he takes the cowpox and then inoculates or infects people, mm-hmm. they don't get the smallpox. Knowing that the smallpox was quite deadly at that time. So that was how vaccines started, um, development of vaccines, that's the bedrock. that's the foundation so that's the mechanism that was built on with uh, modernization with science and everything, so that's basically it, so that's how vaccines came about and thankfully we've been able to control a whole lot of infectious diseases from vaccines um, ranging from smallpox to um yellow fever Mm -hmm. Um, even the spanish flu that occurred about 100 years ago and then we have hepatitis b we have um a whole lot even now we have chickenpox vaccine we have typhoid fever vaccine there are lots of vaccines out there just to help prevent these infectious diseases
0: okay um okay so um at least I think the audience is now aware of what's going on when it comes to vaccine. Because there are a lot of misconceptions that oh vaccines are the way to actually treat a disease as opposed to, like you have said, doc, to kind of trick the body for the body to basically make memory uh, response in a way. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. All right. So now that we've talked about vaccines, you've given a number of examples and whatnot. Um, let's deviate more to the coronavirus, particularly COVID-19, um, vaccine, which is, well, we would say quite available now. A few months ago, that was not the case. I'm sure that people who have had it, I'm assuming you've had it, Doc. Oh yeah, I
1: had it the first week that we got it in the country.
0: Okay. So we will talk about that experience, uh, later in the podcast. So, um... There are so many types that are around, and in the previous episode, in case you haven't listened, go listen to it, Um, we mentioned a plethora of the, the vaccines which are available. However, I wanted to focus on the ones which are in Ghana or in Africa. What are the types which are available for us, in case there are people still who have not gotten the jab yet?
1: Okay, so I can speak to Ghana. Mm-hmm. For Ghana, what is available is the AstraZeneca and then the Sputnik. Sputnik V is the one from Russia. Yeah. The Food and Drugs Authority in Ghana has authorized the use of only these two vaccines as of now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we started with the AstraZeneca, which the rule out started with it uh, 600,000. Yeah. And then we had the Sputnik V also coming into top-ups.
0: Okay, so the Sputnik V is also available now, and people are getting it. Yes. All yes. right. All right. So, uh now let's deviate a bit to your experience itself. You said you got it um when it was just initially rolled out. How was the experience for you?
1: Okay, so first of all, um, I think one question I usually get before the experiences was, "I scared in taking it, <laughs> anything like that." True. True. Personally. So personally, I wasn't scared taking it because I've actually seen firsthand what COVID can do. I've lost patients to COVID. Mm. I've seen people who can breathe for three weeks or for two weeks on oxygen. I've held the hands of people who were having the severest form of COVID. So I've seen how destructive COVID can be. I've seen the aftermath, even after you survive, aftermath. Mm-hmm. There's also an issue there. So I've been, I've seen all this. So for me, it wasn't really a matter of, will you take it? i scared of taking it? I really was eager to take it because I really couldn't see myself or my loved ones going through that. Yeah. So it was, was, it was an easy decision for me. So I took the vaccine and then, well, every vaccine has side effects, just like every medication that you take into your body has side effects. Hmm. So usually you, the main thing you look out for in a vaccine is the fever, chills, the generalized symptoms, just fever, chills, headache, body weakness, the usual ones so that was what i was expecting so i actually had my painkillers and my water and everything ready when i took my vaccine so Mm -hmm. i went home Mm -hmm. and then i realized okay i'm not i'm not having any fever i'm not having any headache oh wow but i seem to be eating too much (laughs) okay all right i was i i was i was constantly thirsty and hungry i think for the
0: next 24 hours i Eight, almost like seven times or eight times. Oh, wow. I was, yes, I, I
1: actually was eating a lot. I didn't notice this at Society for the vaccine. So later on, when I was sharing my story, so I, I did, I actually did a video catalog of my vaccine taking and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. follow up as well mm-hmm. Then on my YouTube channel. So people actually started reaching out to me like, oh, yeah, I also experienced that as well because I was also having increased hunger and thirst. And I was like, well, okay, so you're not alone. We're we're all in this together. So for me, I had, well, I would say that's a pleasant experience. Yes, just I raided my kitchen, but then it was a pleasant experience. Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) Then you're quite lucky because apart from the hunger, I had the other symptoms, the chills, the fevers, the... Massive headaches and malaise. I it it put me down. <laughs> so I am quite jealous. Everything. The full everything. I, I was like, oh no. So it it gave me a glimpse of, wow. So these is what COVID like. These are what COVID patients go through, and I'm just having a mild oh, version of it. It just gave me uh-huh. that insight more of. We really really need to take this. Um coronavirus so seriously i mean because you know human nature is you get used to something and then you maneuver yourself around it and then you at some point may even forget altogether. so it's quite easy for people to forget the washing of hands and the wearing masks and all um this leads me to my next question So at least you were able to escape all the craziness of the side effects. And then there are people like me who could not. I've taken the vaccine, so now what? Do I still wear my mask? Do I have my get-togethers? Am I okay to just wander around because I feel like I'm protected? I think there's a lot of misconception there. Could you please advise us on that?
1: Okay. So, um, one thing is, um, for the vaccine that is available in the country, it's a two shot vaccine. Okay. Mm-hmm. With, the um, with a difference and um, difference, you know, the, the days in difference in their doses for those who took the AstraZeneca like mine, mm-hmm. like myself is from one month to three months. That's the interval where you can get your two doses. And then for those who took the Sputnik V, um, the Sputnik V is three weeks. Okay. So good. Now, once you take the vaccine, the body is now going to go through the process of identifying, reacting to it, and producing antibodies. And this takes time. So, usually, it's around three weeks when we expect that the body has produced antibodies. Mm -hmm. So, within from the time you get the injection, you are not protected till about three weeks before antibodies are well um, produced to give any form of protection. Wow! And then, after the three weeks, the second dose comes in as a booster dose Mm -hmm. to top up what has already been produced. Okay. Okay. Now, one thing about vaccination is the, 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 the effects of the vaccine is felt when majority of the population have been vaccinated. And then we achieve what we call herd immunity. Okay. Once you achieve that, it means that everyone is protected. Now, you can't vaccinate everyone 100%. It's, exactly. it's impossible. True. There are some people who may not be able to be vaccinated due to various reasons. Can, they are not stable. They have some conditions that may prevent them from being vaccinated and a whole lot. But then once the majority of the population, about 80%, uh, even some people say 70% or more, are vaccinated, Protect the others so that um, the disease eventually, in quotes, fades out because everyone is protected and mm-hmm. whoever is supposed to spread to the person who didn't get the vac- vaccine has been vaccinated. So the, and the condition of the disease doesn't go around.
0: That makes sense.
1: You get it? Yes. Yeah. So once you get a vaccine. For COVID vaccine, you still have to continue wearing your mask because until we get to the point where everyone or majority of the people have been vaccinated. We can't even start talking about when do we ease up and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, In the United States, I think during the Easter, they were like, if in a family, all of them have been vaccinated or all of them have had their full vaccination, they can meet up for Easter without their masks in the house, small family gatherings okay. where all of them have been fully vaccinated. So that's actually the idea where when majority in the whole country have been vaccinated, then we can start thinking about returning to normalcy mm-hmm. where we can relax a bit on all that. But until then, we still have to keep up wearing our mask and obeying the principles that are out there. Washing our hands under hands sanit- under running water and using hand sanitizers as well. Okay. Um, we should also have in mind that there are other variants of COVID that comes up every day. Hmm.
0: Mm, that, that's very true. Um. For example, like the new variant in India, which is really causing a lot of havoc. Unfortunately, um. I feel like, yeah, people should be aware of such variants as well. That's now,
1: um, yes. on the issue of other variants of COVID, um, variants come about as a virus moves from one person to another, there are some little, little changes that will occur. Okay. And eventually, this becomes a variant. The more it replicates, the more opportunities it has to undergo changes. And then once it undergoes changes, it becomes a different variant so one the way to stop mutations and mini variants coming up is to stop the spread okay because when once there's mm-hmm. no spread there's no multiplication true. leading to changes and then um for now we have i think there was a question about if the other variants the vaccine is also effective against the other variants true, true. the vaccine has some form of um, protection against the other variants as well even though the primary one was against the first isolate. That was the Wuhan, the one that was isolated from Wuhan. Yes. That was what was worldwide initially before the other variants sprang up. So, yes, it offers some form of protection. And then once everyone or most of the population is vaccinated, we have stopped the spread and then we've stopped the mutations as well.
0: Okay. So, Doc, basically what you're saying is we're trying to promote herd immunity, which is basically helping yourselves to help others as well, for the yes. betterment of everyone around you. Everyone. Yes, so I, I hope that is clear to my audience. Um, there are people who would always oppose to something good, I guess, but there are people who are stating that this corona, uh, I mean, the, the vaccines that we have I right, with the the mark of the devil. I I just want to hear, have you heard any other crazy myths and misconceptions about this vaccine?
1: Oh, yes. So, I think the misconceptions and the um, conspiracy theories started with the COVID itself Mm -hmm. before the vaccine even came in. So, it was not surprising when you hear a whole lot of um, misconceptions or... anti-vaxxers theories out there about it being a mark of 666, it being a whole lot. Yeah. And I've actually seen some videos on social media where people are attributing it to being something from the devil, and if you take it, you lose the love of God or something. Well, these are all... Yes, I actually saw a video of that on social media. Someone forwarded it to me. I was a bit surprised. But then, once again, the, the... People are so when when there's little knowledge about something, fear and panic also grows. True. So and then That's this fear true. and panic also feeds these conspiracy theories. Because mm-hmm. I remember when COVID started, and then there was this whole conspiracy that it's from five G network that is causing COVID, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't make sense for yeah, a yeah. mobile network to cause a viral infection. But then people didn't know much about COVID, mm-hmm. and even for us in the health sector. We were still learning every day, COVID was new, Hmm. so that also made people give ground for people to fit other things in, and usually it's from how through truths, and then you realize that they they add something to it, and someone tells someone before you realize it's, it's, it's something, it's a misconception that people are believing. So the fear and panic was what was fueling all these. But I believe that with more education, once we talk about it, we let people know exactly what it is, answer people's questions. who would encourage people to dispel these myths and rumors and conspiracy theories.
0: Okay. That, I mean, the, like I said, there's always going to be someone who would have such um, far-fetched theories and perceptions. I do want to ask, because a lot of my listeners kept asking this, so I wanted to pose this to you. Um, why is it that there are some people who have... I mean, who get corona again or COVID-19 after they've gotten the vaccine? I mean, this it kind of eats up or kind of backs up some of the misconceptions and the theory guides that if, if I get coronavirus yet again what is the point of me getting vaccinated could you please like comment on that
1: okay so there are, there are various um points to address this issue mm-hmm. first of all let me um we all know of chicken pox, okay that usually you get chickenpox box once and you don't get it again True. but there are people who get taken pox twice yes okay that is there good so the same the same thing um it's not 100% immunity. Okay. And then I think I mentioned something that after the vaccine, it takes about three weeks before the antibodies are even produced to fight off whatever. So once you take the vaccine today, go partying tomorrow, next week you will test positive for COVID mm-hmm. because you haven't actually received the protection yet. Getting the job doesn't mean that you receive the protection. Now the body goes through its process of producing the antibodies, that identifies it, then attacks it, then produces anti antibodies to to attack it. Yeah. Then against the memory cells and like you mentioned, before you are you are protected fully. So it takes time to actually achieve that protection. And sometimes most of the time once people take the job, they think, oh, I'm protected and then go let down their guard and then they test positive. So, I I was telling someone that the effects of the vaccine would actually be felt about three weeks after you've taken the vaccine. That is when you actually get the effect, but the antibodies are produced and everything. Mm -hmm. However, the vaccines are not, no vaccine is 100%. No vaccine is 100%. But then, even if you do get infected because of that immunity there, Expected to just have a mild case, not a moderate or severe case mm-hmm. that would lead to hospitalization, but it would just be a mild case which will be like a normal flu.
0: Okay, okay, so I mean, we've talked for a bit, we've talked about what vaccines are, and the whole essence of it being um, muscle memory, quote unquote. Um, when they are finally introduced to your body, we've also talked about obviously your experience and the side effects that are expected or are experienced by other people, and then we've also talked about the misconceptions and the fact that um the the you can get reinfected again. However, what we're trying to or what you're trying to drive at is it's gonna take a while. Uh, you said duration of about three weeks before the immunity actually starts to really be felt in the um, system. Am I correct? I don't think we've missed out on anything. All right, all right. So I I think we're a bit more enlightened when it comes to the process of vaccination now because I'm sure there are various systems which are put in place for people to go get vaccinated and uh, so we've, I, I do know that there were different phases of um, how they were going to give the vaccine to the population. Are we done with the first phase already or are we still in rollout for it? Where exactly are we now that you have introduced yourself as head of um, the COVID task force in your hospital? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, so um, the initial phase was for the people at most, at most risk mm-hmm. to get the vaccine. So, that was done. And then now, it's open to people. So, people are still getting it. People, once it's available, you just go for it and then you can take it.
0: Okay. So, there's a possibility, guys, that if you have not gotten your vaccine till now, I do not know why, but if you have not, there's still a possibility for you to go get it. Okay, so I I feel like we're a bit enlightened now. Doc, finally, can we just touch base on this um, discrepancies between countries, especially the Western countries and the African countries in terms of the rollout of the vaccine? Because I read just recently, I think it was yesterday or the day before, how WHO was criticizing the fact that there are quote-unquote, third-world countries who are not getting the vaccine, not necessarily because they do not want to take it, but because it's just not available. Uh, Do you want to make a small comment about that?
1: So I think one of the major public health issues... uh... Um, health equity, making sure that everyone gets access to universal health, including um, accessibility to vaccines. Mm-hmm. And in this case, when there's a pandemic, there are calls for um, equity in vaccine distribution. So that is one of the major um, problems of the WHO, making sure that third world countries or developing countries like, I mean, in the sub-Saharan African um, Africa get access to these vaccines. But I think it takes time to, um, it's a bit concerning True. that yes, uh, is the African most of the third world countries like are having issues getting enough vaccines. Mm-hmm. I think even in our country, Ghana, for example, we have about we have about less than seven hundred thousand people vaccinated for a population of about thirty million. Yeah. Okay. That's yes. That's still about one point something percent. Mm-hmm. If my memory, yeah, almost two percent. I think yeah, two percent. Yeah. So, that is also a bit, that's woefully inadequate. Okay. And Ghana is actually doing way better than other African countries.
0: <laughs> that's true. And
1: look at where we are.
0: Wow.
1: So, it's quite um, alarming. You hear that Ghana is doing well amongst other countries. And then you see what we have, you're only about 680,000 people who have been vaccinated mm-hmm. out of the population of 30 million. Mm. So, more has to be done. So, I think um, usually we have these facilities that try to. Get access to these vaccines, like the Covax facility that helped Ghana get its first batch. Um, the Russians also, Sputnik, sending about fifty thousand. There's a whole um, process where we are expecting more to come into the country. Mm-hmm. So WHO is also working hard to make sure that the vaccine equity actually happens. Because the, and one thing too is, let's have in mind that the Western world was really hit with the pandemic more. Yes, harder than, than true. The, true. Other than yes, the third world countries, especially those in Africa, that's true. And for whatever reason, that theories are still being thrown around. The exact reason hasn't been given yet. Mm. So are, there's also a rush for vaccines on that side because their daily mortalities are spiking, cases are going up, recording thousands and thousands of cases and thousands of deaths from this COVID virus, mm. um, coronavirus. So um, it's understandable they would want to eagerly take up this as well. But I think the WHO is also working hard to ensure that the vaccine equity occurs. And then there's countries in sub Saharan Africa, third world countries, would also get access to the vaccine.
0: All right. Okay. So I, I feel like we have exhausted, maybe not completely, but we have exhausted at least the essence of the COVID vaccine and the essential aspects of it. Um Doc, are there any final comments you'd want to make for us before we kinda wrap up here?
1: So my final words will be to um your listeners it will be that please if you're listening to this and you haven't taken the vaccine yet, go for the vaccine. It's it's actually prevention it is better than cure, trust me. It's better to take the vaccine and you don't get <laughs> infected at all mm. that you get infected and get to that state where you're on the bed you can't breathe on oxygen you'll be telling yourself had i known because we realized that the second wave had more younger people getting severe to critical um, forms of the disease so mm. you never know okay. when the next wave would do so always best to protect yourself and then you may be fine but you may bring it home to your parents and then they may not be fine because if we had cases like that where Uh, someone says positive, then brings it home, parents says positive, both parents die, and all those things. And it's a whole lot of issues. So once you you have the opportunity to take the vaccine, go ahead and take the vaccine. Protect yourself and protect your family and those you love.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Doug. Um, I hope (laughs) everyone. I hope you guys have listened and you have enjoyed this episode. As always, if you have any questions for me, you can always reach me at all my social media handles and my email, which will be in the description. Um, Doc, you could give us your social media handles so that people can also ask uh, more questions your way.
1: Okay, so my social media handles on Instagram, you can find me at Dr. Amansky, Amanski, D-R underscore Amansky, A-M-A-N-S-K-I. And that's the same for Twitter as well. And then on YouTube as well, is the same Dr. Amansky. So just type Dr. Dr. Amansky, you'll find me on um, YouTube. On Twitter and Instagram, is the same, Dr. Amansky, A-M-A-N-S-K-I. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much, Doc, for joining us. Okay, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode with uh, Dr. Amansky. As always, if you do have any questions, you can always post them to him or myself. Uh, He's mentioned all his social media um, platforms. I hope you've learned something though, and it has been able to iron out some of the questions you've had, right? Anyway, so now let's jump into the fun fact for the day. Okay. Did you know by the age of 60 years, most people will have lost half of their taste buds? Yeah, so perhaps you shouldn't trust your grandma's cooking as much as you do. Older individuals tend to lose their ability to taste and many find that they need much more intense flavoring in order to be able to fully appreciate a dish. So the the next time your grandma keeps doing the shake shake and adding salt, adding pepper, adding god knows what else, don't blame them. They really just want to enjoy their food. Okay? Right. Anyway, I adore you all. Thank you so much for listening to this new episode. And as always, please give me feedback via email medicdiaries3 at gmail.com and on our social medias, um, Instagram, the underscore medicdiaries, as well as Facebook medicdiaries. I hope to hear from you soon. Bye-bye.